energy. I know some of the last few episodes, I might have been a little, you know, laid back and chill. But Jason, no more chill. You got the Uh, ghosts out of you. I have have no chill. I mean. How you doing, Jason? I'm energetic, I guess, but not as much as you. No, Jason, this is a a little concerned. (laughs) It's fine. I had four cups of coffee and a line of Coke. So this isn't like every day. This isn't uh, going to come out right away, though I think it's going to come out sooner than you think it is. <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> <laughs> so you and I have watched the first two episodes of Ahsoka. Ahsoka. What did you think? I liked it. It's good, right? It, it is. <clears throat> Although, I'll, I'll say this, my oldest son is going to enjoy it more than me because I didn't follow along with the Rebels cartoon all the way through. So there, there's some stuff going on that I'm not quite... That leans heavy into the Rebels lore. It is Rebels 2 colon Ahsoka. Yeah. Like, it is a Rebels sequel, which I watched Rebels, and I like Rebels quite a lot. Not quite Clone Wars, but it's good. Yeah. And I actually had to go to Wikipedia, because I haven't watched Rebels in years, and yes. I had to go to Wikipedia and said, what happened to Ezra at the end of that series? Uh, it is very, very leaning on Rebels. And at the same time, it's still giving us a lot of Ahsoka, so if you tune into her because her name's on it, you're not, I think, going to be disappointed. Yeah, although she's not as much fun as she was when she was younger. Uh, agreed. And I have, my the one issue I have with the show probably stems from her. Yeah. Which is that her fights, she seems a little slow and awkward. You think? Yes, I, I do. I think she's just more in control. That's possible. Because the fight that Sabine had, you could tell that she was a little more reckless and hadn't, like she didn't have that smoothness to her that trained Jedis do. Agreed. I I, I feel though like, she like the other the the evil f- lightsaber wielder. Yeah. When she fights, it's fast and it's it's more of what. Well, we, she's more confident. Yeah, I guess she I, didn't fight Ahsoka yet, so we don't know what that'll look like. Part of the problem with Ahsoka's fights, I think, too, is that she's wearing that really ugly like surplus army blanket, <laughs> and I feel like you can't really see what she's doing very often because it covers most of her arms. Yeah. So we're not really seeing her lightsaber work. But interesting is that that female. Um, Jedi outcast, I forget what they're called, not outcast, something like that. A fallen Jedi. Uh, the female one of the, uses her robe in combat, her, her, which was kind of fascinating. Like her cape, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the first time I'm like, oh my gosh, why don't, if you're wearing a cape, use it. Yeah, she's using it to like cover the other person's face and yes. try and like... Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, the other problem I have with this series is it makes me sad because I see Ray Stevenson. Yeah. And, and when, when they dedicated the first episode to him, I... I, I, I cried a little, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I miss I he was really good, I miss him. When he first spoke in in the first episode, I was like, Man, that guy's a pretty good actor. <laughs> like <laughs> like I believe what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's but it's it's a fun series for it the, is, you know so far. It hasn't gotten into that rote kind of episode of the week thing that they tend to do with their shows, and I'm thinking hopefully that it won't. Because I, they have an end game, like they're getting towards something. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many episodes there are in this season. Do you know? I, I don't know if there's six or eight. I, yeah, if it's only like six, then I don't know that they will get to that point. But if yeah. there's like eight or ten, then we they could start, start to out. sag in the middle. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this week we are talking about a completely different series, something we've never talked about before, and that is the series Avengers Unplugged. So, in the mid-90s... You say we're talking about the series. We're talking about one issue. Well, I'm going to talk about the entire <laughs> you're gonna, you're series as well. give a recap of the whole thing. Yeah. So, there are only six issues of Avengers Unplugged. And there's only one issue on Marvel Unlimited. And I refuse to buy the rest of these. Yeah. So, we're going to talk specifically about issue number five. But let's talk about 
overall this series. Now, have we... This doesn't come out... I, I don't remember where we're at. It was, oh, oh, this is like a year ahead of where we're at in the timeline. Not all of it, because the first issue comes out... I'm sorry. The first issue of this series comes out in October of 1995. Seriously? Yeah. It's six issues, and it's, issue five doesn't come out till June of 96? <laughs> it is six issues, and it goes from October of 1995 to August of 1996. Wow. So it took a Did long... Did it come out every two months? I don't know. <laughs> well... Yes, it comes out. It was bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. So, and only 99 cents. Well, that's the, I guess the mm-hmm. biggest thing here is during the mid-90s, Marvel launched a slew of titles that were 99 cents in an attempt to bring in a different audience, people that weren't already buying comics, that they could say, hey, these are cheap. You know, this is a buck. By uh, confusing them with a bunch of continuity that they won't understand. And I think that some of those 99 cent issues, well, I think everyone agrees that there was one series that was good. And a bunch of other series that were not. This was the good one. <laughs> yes. yes this, this is the, No, the good one would be Untold Tales of Spider-Man, mm. which was Kurt Busiek doing Spider-Man stories that he inserted into the early continuity of the title. Right. Which was, they were great. Other than that, I know there was a Midnight Suns, I think, that was 99 cents. And I don't know. I don't remember them all. They're not worth remembering. So this series, Avengers Unplugged, was not well-received, surprisingly. One of the problems is that the series seemed to have... You mentioned all the continuity that we get, like, in this issue. But in general, the series seemed to have no continuity. It ignored it when it wanted to. And it didn't even keep continuity from page to page. And I saw a... There is... You can find examples of this online. There's a page where a child mentions about their stuffed cat toy... And when they show it on the same page, it's a bear. <laughs> and the kid... At it's, the, a, it's a bear cat. <laughs> at the top of the page, the kid is a brunette. And by the bottom of the page, they're blonde. Wow. So it's really sloppy, this series. The coloring errors, the continuity errors are kind of inexcusable. I know it was only 99 cents, but it still had to go through an editor, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, someone got paid for it. Uh, there was also complaints about this series, that it was uh, misogynistic and sexist. It was a series, and this is in the mid-90s, so, you know, we have to accept that. But the art pandered to the male gaze. Uh, some people think to an extent that was surprising even for the 90s. There's an issue where they go to a male strip club, and the strippers are wearing clothes to make... They're wearing, like, Crystal and Black Widow costumes. It's a little uncomfortable right now in 2023. I mean, even in 1996, it probably seemed a little icky. I know I didn't buy the series in 1996, and I was buying The Avengers then. I, I will say the issue that we're reading now is a little creepy. Yeah. With that controller guy and how he treats um, Monica Rambeau. So let me give a quick rundown on, this, on the issues that we're not covering. Issue number one came out in October of 1995. It was written by Glenn Hurdling and drawn by M.C. Wyman. And it involved Nefarious. Nefarious was... So, we know Moonstone. Before there was Carla Sofen, there was another Moonstone. Mm-hmm. The Moonstone belonged to a guy. And she basically... Uh, used her her super psychiatrist skills to trick him into giving it to her. She gaslighted him. Yes. He eventually gets another moonstone or something. He gets something that gives him... just falling out of the sky. It gives him more powers. So he ends up having powers. And he calls himself nefarious. And he tries to... So he's not even trying to be a good guy. No. (laughs) Yeah, right? He basically goes and he tries to find moonstone in the vault uh, because he wants to get revenge on her. And the Avengers are called in and run around in the vault with him. And um, 
Hercules and Giant Man beat him by throwing a diamond hat, a diamond hard vision at him, and Black Widow convinces Moonstone, the female Carlisophan, to surrender. A diamond hard vision. That sounds bad. That's why Scarlet Witch married him. <laughs> uh, the second issue came out in December of 1995, also by Glenn Hurdling and MC Wyman, and that's about Graviton, who fights the team but is defeated when they overload his powers and banish him to an alternate dimension, which hmm. is not the first time that's happened to Graviton. Third issue came out in February of 1996. Was it, wait, was it the same alternate dimension or does he keep getting sent to different ones? I think they're different ones, but it'd be great if it's the same. And like the, the, the inhabitants of that dimension are like, oh, he's back again. Uh, number three. Actually, I would love a story where there's an alternate dimension with their own superheroes. And they beat Graviton and they, they banish him to Earth. Yeah, and then the Avengers beat him. And yeah, and banish him to this universe. <laughs> So the third issue came out February of 1996 by Mike Lackey and MC Wyman, and it is basically Black Widow and Crystal on a ladies' night out where they end up fighting the Super Adaptoid. So Glenn Hurdling couldn't even keep up with a six-issue series. No. He did write the rest of them, though. Issue number four of April of 1996 is probably the most famous issue besides the one that we're reading. It's the only other issue that really has an impact on continuity. Uh, Glenn Hurdling wrote it, John Statema drew it, and this is where Titania and the Absorbing Man get married. And this issue hinges on a remarkably idiotic She-Hulk who sees the Absorbing Man in Titania going to a a church or city hall wearing a tuxedo and a wedding dress. And thinks they're going to rob the place? And thinks that they're doing crime. Yeah. And so calls the Avengers to come beat them up and their other supervillain wedding guests. And it's not till they end up fighting for most of the issue. And it's not till almost the end of the issue that the Avengers realize, oh, this is a wedding and stop beating up on the villains. Hmm. But, of course, that's important because Titania and Absorbing Man are married in continuity. Number five we'll talk about shortly. Number six from August of 1996 by Glenn Hurdling and M.C. Wyman. And I'm sure you're going to be upset that we did not read this. Sean Dolan is drawn to the Ebony Blade and once again becomes Bloodwraith. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that we're missing a Bloodwraith appearance. Because he only has like six. Yeah. So, Avengers Unplugged number five from June of 1996. Written by Glenn Hurdling. Penciled by M.C. Wyman. And inked by Sandy Floria and Tom Palmer. I don't know how they got Tom Palmer to help on this issue. That man has better things to do. They just slipped in and said the word Avengers on top. And he's like, okay. This seems like a long issue this month. (laughs) Uh, It is called Legacies. And we start with the controller. Who somehow has control over Monica Rambeau. We never find out how he got her in the first place, do we? Not that I'm aware of. Do we know the controller? Have we seen him No, before? we haven't, and I was sure we had, but we have not. I didn't think we did. So the controller... He's more of an Iron Man villain, isn't he? Yes, he started as an Iron Man villain. He fought Captain America during Acts of Vengeance. I guess because... So in the 1970s, during the first Thanos gains cosmic power, this time with the Cosmic Cube, before there were Infinity Gems, he fought the Avengers in that, but that was in Captain Marvel, not in the Avengers. Gotcha. And I guess that's what I was thinking of. So, the controller first appears in Iron Man number 12 in August, no, in April of 1969. He was created by Archie Goodwin and George Tusca. He, I have that issue. I picked it up at a flea market. Really? I did, for like $4. <laughs> You're lucky, because those early Iron Man issues are usually crap, except for the Archie Goodwin ones, huh, which right. are not bad. So, Basil Sandhurst is a scientist who has anger issues. And he keeps getting fired from labs. He goes and works at a lab. He has a blow-up. They're like, get out of here. His brother decides he wants to try and help him get through his anger. And to do that, 
he buys him a lab and <laughs> a installs puppy? him there. Like a yeah, black right? lab? And you're like, maybe you don't want to give someone with anger issues uh, access to a lab. Yeah. And indeed, while his brother is, his brother Vincent, is there trying to calm Basil down when he's having one of his freakouts, there is a lab explosion and Basil is badly hurt, which is why his face looks like that. His face is all scarred. Mm-hmm. And he's in. He can't. He also is paralyzed. So Vincent gets him another lab, this one fully automated, <laughs> that he can control even though he's paralyzed. I like this Vincent guy. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> learn, does he? And Basil, 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 sure. makes himself the armor that he has worn since so that he can move around. He also develops slave discs which are these little control discs. I think we now call them control discs, which he can attach to someone usually at the base of the neck. And it does two things. First of all, it enables the controller to completely control them. They are under his mental command. Second of all, it enables him to leech off of their power and knowledge. So if it's on a superhero, he can become, you know, superhuman, get superhuman strength, blah, blah, blah. If it's, you know, like on Tony Stark, he can get all of his mechanical know-how. And, of course, he uses the energy of these uh, everyone he's got control discs on to fight Iron Man, because that's when you do. Mm-hmm. He did work for Thanos and did fight the entire Avengers team and took them down quite easily, probably because it wasn't their book. And he's fought lots and lots of heroes since then. The Controller. Thank you. I don't know if I, if I had anger control issues and someone gave me a lab where I could make anything. I mean, why would you choose to make things to control other people? You can't even control yourself. <laughs> he also, I should point out, can draw energy from the people he has controlled and use it to power it. That's what his armor is powered by, is by other people's energy, which I guess means if he has no one under his control, he's paralyzed again. Yeah, I don't understand how that works. No. Meanwhile, on Titan, Genus Vell and Star Fox are talking about how great the original Captain Marvel was. And we also haven't talked about Genus Vell, but that's not surprising because he's pretty new at this point in time. He first appears in Silver Surfer Annual Number 6 in October of 1993, created by Ron Mars and Ron Lim. After Cap- Captain Marvel died, Captain Marvel's girlfriend, Alicius, used his genetic material to impregnate herself. Gross. Sounds very bad and unethical. And thus was born Genus Vell, which she then used artificial means to age him to adulthood. Which is even creepier somehow. Yeah, so bad. So She G- wanted a kid, she just didn't want to be bothered raising one? Exactly. <laughs> so at this point in time, Genus Vell has started calling himself Captain Marvel because it was his dad's, uh, I almost said nickname, his dad's superhero name. And he does do some superheroing, but we haven't seen a lot of him so far. And most of the time we see him, he likes to hang out and party, which is probably why he's chilling with Star Fox. Mm-hmm. So Star Fox and Genus Vell go out drinking, where Star Fox tries to get as many ladies as possible while wearing an alien ascot, and Genus Vell is bored, which doesn't seem like the Genus Vell we've seen in any of his other appearances up to this point. However, when Star Fox goes to the restroom, he recognizes a woman who shoots him and knocks him out. That mysterious woman is Monica Rambeau who has been sent by the controller to capture Genus Vell. I don't know if I, if we know why. Yeah, I, no, they never tell us. When Monica Rambeau then comes out, because of course Genus Vell doesn't know who she is, and he, she comes out and hangs out with Genus Vell and says, hey, Star Fox left with a woman. And then she uses some light trick that she's never had before to make all the other women at the table look like hideous demons mm-hmm. to Genus Vell. 
And so that way she manages to get him alone. He offers to take her back to his room. And uh, Monica attacks him once they're back and there's no one else around and quickly knocks him out. Did you never see the Seinfeld episode where Seinfeld has a date with a woman in, in the darker, like in a restaurant? Yes. She looks pretty, but then mm-hmm. when they get out in the harsh light, yeah, that's all she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did that harsh light of morning on him. She took off his beer goggles. And yep, yep. Monica transports uh, Genus Fell to Earth. But when she gets there, he wakes up, knocks her away, and the two start fighting. And for some reason, she can't knock him out as quickly this time. Monica knows she's in the controller's thrall. And so... Yeah, apparently he controls her body, but not her mind. So she can still be aware of all the stuff that's happening. And we've never seen that before with the controller. Yeah. So she calls the Avengers for help, because somehow she rationalizes in her mind that she doesn't want to lose and disappoint the controller, so she takes all the help that she can get, and her allies are the Avengers. And how does she call them if she's under the controller's control? I don't know. I'm not sure how she calls them. I guess every, all the all the Reserve Avengers carry around a a, a Reserve Avenger. Uh, Does it show us? Help! You, oh. you haven't skipped past the first page yet. <laughs> I forgot that I was supposed to turn these. <clears throat> Seriously, though, do you do not. What is Star Fox doing there? He Star is Fox, that an ascot or is it like a turtleneck? It might be a turtleneck with now a that vest you say that. on under it and a jacket over that. You would think that someone like Star Fox would want to have less clothes on, not more. Well, eventually. Is that is that strong guy from X Factor there? Looks like Guido. It does a little bit. Uh, sorry. So, That's all right. Gina's Velen profile looks like Thunderstrike, so I don't understand. Yeah. Let's get one more blonde with a ponytail. Yeah. That's, what this, that's what this series needs. So how does she call the Avengers? She says, my data core will allow me to do anything to win this battle. Does that include summoning help on a pirated radio frequency? So... So she's able to kind of subvert his control because she needs help to win? I guess, but, I, and I guess, here's, so here's another problem with this. This suggests that she still has her original powers, but I thought she'd lost them by now. Why does that suggest that? Because I feel like she's using her ability to, like, become radio waves to control the radio frequencies. What are her powers now? Well, she loses them and she gets, I thought in the early 90s, she gets those powers where she can like surround herself in a sheath. And yeah, she did. We talked about it in an an Avengers Spotlight episode during Acts of Vengeance. Her only power is she can put on a light condom? (laughs) No. She's super strong. She's hard to hurt. And she can put this light sheath around herself, which enables her to fly. And I'm not sure what else, but she can't change. She's using her original power set here where she's changing into different different forms of energy energy. and she can't do that anymore she hasn't been able to do that for like five years Hmm. this is why people hate this series because glenn hurdling hadn't been writing marvel comics for a while and then just showed up and was like hey yeah i'll do whatever i want just do this it's a 99 cent book no one's looking at this thing it's unplugged (laughs) it's unplugged so in any case she calls the avengers and the vision and death cry are the only ones that respond which, which if I were Captain Marvel or if I were Monica I'd be very unhappy that that's I'm like really nobody else cares look at Gina's Vell's suit like is it puffy or he's is he likes way too muscular or yes the artwork in this is strange and MC Wyman wasn't this an MC Wyman it joint is, yeah. at least can, the cover was I don't know. he can do better than this well you know for 99 cents yeah, it, it is MC Wyman. He was just spitting this stuff out. And he, yeah, we saw him. He did the, he was the one that did the, uh, the one where the Avengers fight the Grim Reaper and they're down into that, um, 
he like takes them to the other world where all the resurrects all these dead people they fight all these zombies Mm -hmm. and that's those aren't there is a mood and there's like his those characters look nothing like these characters these guys are all overly buff super 90s yeah in any case uh back at the fight genus fell finally hurts monica just as the avengers arrive that they think he's a bad guy, so they attack Genus Vell. He tries to de-escalate, but it do, they don't aren't listening until Star Fox arrives. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So then the Vision finds the controller disc in Monica's head and uses his powers to just... So, like, what happened here? Did she use her X-ray power that she doesn't have anymore? Did she turn them to X-rays? Yeah, she turned X-rays. And the Vision even tells us that's her powers with the entire electromagnetic spectrum at her disposal. No. She can't do it anymore, but that's what happens. She uses x-rays. Vision pulls the controlling disc out. The Avengers then capture the controller, a fight we don't get to see, but at this point in time, as far as we know, he has no one under his control, so it probably wasn't very... Oh, no, we do get to see it. They easily... You were looking right at it I'm while looking you said right. that. <laughs> the Avengers easily, and Captain, or and Genus Vell, easily beat the crap out of him. And I don't understand their explanation. Like, he's being controlled by his own control discs? They, I think it's on this page where they're talking about... It's they're saying his life support is part of his discs. Oh, right. Which so, you did mention. Yes. He gets energy through that. Yeah. yeah. So in any case, they capture the controller easy peasy. Well, that at the same time, that's the way I see it. But then Enos, Enos Vell, Genus Vell says, but then who's pulling his strings? Yeah. So they are suggesting there's someone else behind it. No one will ever follow up on that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No one read this comic except for Glenn Hurdling's mother and now <laughs> us. So in any case, then we have this little two-panel coda at the end where Genus feels like, you know what, I've been calling myself Captain Marvel, but I shouldn't. That should be your name. You deserve it. You're a better hero than I am. And she's like, I am a better hero than you are, but you know what? I don't need some hand-me-down name from your dumb dad. I'm going to call myself Photon. And that's why this issue costs $20 online and all the other ones cost $0.10. Cents. Yeah. Yeah, it's no bueno. So, Jason... Yes, what do you sir. think? Should we buy the rest of no. the we Avengers had this discussion. Unplug so that we can read the rest of these? I saw them online. I was like, I can get all the issues except number five for like $6. And we were both like, no, that's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you'd be overpaying if you paid cover price for these. Yeah. But I might do that. But, you know. Again, if Captain Blue Hen was still around, we'd go hmm. dig through moldy boxes. Yeah. If I saw him at a convention, maybe, and sold in a pack. Sold Captain Blue Hen? Yeah. I don't think they sell him in a pack. All right, so that's this that's this episode, Jason. We are running short, so uh, give us talk well, about something. What we already talked about, Ahsoka. You don't watch Harley Quinn, do you? What you don't watch Harley Quinn, do that's you? That's on Max, isn't it? I don't have. You that. don't have Max. I don't. Max. I took my uh, my second kid to college this week. I have two kids at college now. Duncan's in college. He is. How did I not realize he graduated last year? I don't know. You weren't invited to the graduation party. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> you know, not that I'm not that I'm bitter about it or anything. <laughs> not but that you were expecting it. That's it. I yeah. It's only twenty two minutes. We haven't had an episode that short in a long time. That's fine. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is avenginghour at gmail dot com, and you can find us on Instagram at the Avenging Hour. Go do something fun at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at the Avenging Hour. Go do something fun.